Good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore, and I'm glad that you chose to share your time with us tonight. You know, time is one of the few things we are able to get back, save the Lord, redeeming the time for us. And so I appreciate you using some of your valuable time uh, to assist and to add your faith and your encouragement and your strength to the assignment that God has given us. We believe that God is doing something amazing and just super fantastic and a mission in terms of divinely uh, initiating a divine makeover in marriage. And, you know, it's bigger than any one person here and um, that God has included us and given us a part to play in it. It it makes me beside myself with joy. It's also scary. Uh, It's one thing to repeat. Uh, what someone else is saying, it's another thing to be a pioneer and speak that which you hear God saying, and yet it is different, it is fresh, it is. Uh, it takes a great deal of courage, and so I thank God that you guys are here and taking part with me and, and weighing the words that I speak, measuring them, going back to Scripture and see for yourself. But I believe that God desires husbands and wives to have more freedom, more love, and more power inside of marriage so they don't have to step outside. And, you know, he assigns each married couple, each one has a different assignment. And so our marriages may look different, but it's the self-same spirit that we should be able to recognize in all. Uh, For the first-timers on the line, what we do is, you know, I'll open in prayer, and I will talk a little bit about kingdom marriage, some aspect of it, and then we pray again. And those of you that are on the team, I was doing something else, so Amy, I don't know if you mentioned or not, but we are going to meet after the prayer call for about 15 minutes. I want to update you and keep you in the loop of what's happening and what's going on and where we're going and all of those kinds of things. If you'll hang back on the phone after I stop the recording, that would be awesome. Well, Father, I just thank you for Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for being present with us tonight to do your will and your good pleasure. Lord, we just thank you for choosing us. Lord, we didn't choose you. You chose us. And, Lord, you gave us the grace and the desire to choose you, Father God, and to receive your truth, Lord, your life and your way, God. And so we seek you first tonight, your kingdom and your righteousness, God, that you might add all these other things unto us. Lord, we desire to know you and to align ourselves, our morals, with your thinking, Father God. So we thank you and we praise you tonight, Father God that you are in each one of us that believes in Jesus Christ and that you are the well of water springing up into eternal life. Lord, you said, Jesus said eternal life is to know you and the Son, Father. Lord, and our desire tonight is to your kingdom and the King who is Jesus Christ. Call living water, God, to flow out of our bellies like rivers, God, and give us the water, God, that ends the thirst, that ends husbands and wives' thirst, for peace and harmony in marriage, God. Make them one according to your kingdom principles and your truth, Father. And we thank you, Father God, today, for your word is true. Let every man be a liar. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word would remain. 
And so we cling to your word tonight in Jesus' name. Well, there was a question that I was asked after the last call, and uh, it's, it's come up in different uh, faced it differently um, as we've gone to different places. And um, I want to address that question. Here's what I do. I'm going to share the question with you. Um, and then I'm going to answer it next week because I don't want to it, – it's more involved than a two-minute answer. And I also want to be able to um, – you to see it in Scripture, not me just telling you. And so – but the question is this. It says, you know, Ephesians 5.23 uh, says that for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, himself being Savior of the body. And so the question was, and it comes in various forms, this just happens to be one, are you saying that a couple who follows the principle, that principle, Ephesians 5.23, does not reflect kingdom marriage? So if someone is yielding and and implementing that principle or that that word, and I'm reluctant to call it a principle because, remember, we talked about principles and we talked about instructions and we talked about doctrines. But if someone is adhering to that scripture, am I saying that they don't reflect the kingdom of marriage? Um, and the person said it almost feels like having two heads. Who decides, you know, who decides who is to be the head in a given situation? And so I want to address that and, and the variations of that question. Does that mean that, you know, that, um, that my husband, or in this case my husband, obviously because of the scripture, uh, is not the decider of everything all the time, or, uh, you know, what does that mean? And so I want to look at that next week. And if, certainly if you have other questions related to that question, if you'll email me at kim at moreonrelationships.com. That's Kim, my last name, more, M-O-O-R-E, onrelationships.com. I'm going to take on that particular question. I love your questions. They really do help me clarify. They help reveal inconsistencies where there are inconsistencies in my thinking. And please understand, when God has given you something and you are laboring to receive it and give it, you know, it gets refined. You know, I'm a writer, and all writing is is writing, is writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And as this thing happens, it gets refined. So the pureness of the thing and the essence of the thing uh, is intact and can be easily seen. And so I appreciate your questions. Please ask your questions. They help me. They help me understand and to speak clearly to you uh, in response to kingdom marriage. Well, there are a couple things I want to clarify before Uh, for those of you new on the call, um, and sometimes I just feel it's important to do that because kingdom marriage, it's a different animal. It's a different concept. You know, Christianity uh, is a religion. The kingdom of God is a government, and they are two very, very different things. But in kingdom marriage, uh, uh, marriage is between one biological male and one biological female. So when we talk about oneness, when we talk about kingdom principles, when we talk about shared needs and all of it, we're not trying to melt the sexes. We're talking about ourselves as spiritual beings um, who have emotions, who have a soul, and who have a body. So again, we're talking about male and female, one male, one female, biologically, 
marrying. That's what the Bible says is a marriage, and that's what we believe and what we advocate. Number two, as I said, Christianity is a religion. The kingdom of God is a government. Here's the thing. Religion is man-centered, man-focused, and attempts to imitate the kingdom of God. It attempts to imitate the government of God. Now, that's true whether we're talking about marriage or any other religion, and it's not just Christianity. There are other religions uh, around the world that are man-centered, man-focused, that attempt to emulate the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God-centered, King Jesus-focused, and is the authentic rule of God in the earth through his governing body, which is the church. Religious marriage is man, and I said, as I said, man-centered, man and woman-centered, gender-focused. It's gender-focused in that it's based on, it assigns gender needs and gender roles. Religious marriage, and this is important, is maintenance-oriented. This is real important. Religion is about maintaining something. So, therefore, everything is prescribed, everything is packaged in such a way that it's boxed. And when you get married, you get this box, and you're expected to use the contents of the box the way that it has been instructed based on religion. It doesn't respond well because it's boxed, because it's canned, because it's prescribed and prepackaged. It doesn't respond well to glitches in the system. And I'm going to give you an example of that tonight. By contrast, kingdom marriage is growth-oriented. It responds well to glitches because it relies on eternal truths uh, and, and, and principles and concepts that transcend male, female, and circumstances, and it relies on eternal things rather than temporary situations. So thus far, what we've said, if you're just catching up with us, thus far, we've been distinguishing kingdom marriage from religious marriage. And what we said is that the model of religious marriage, that is man-centered, man-focused marriage, is the hierarchy. And kingdom marriage is relationship. The system that supports the model of of religious marriage are laws and rules. The system that supports relationship in the kingdom in the kingdom model of marriage is love. The needs in a religious marriage are gender-based, gender-assigned. In kingdom marriage, they are uh, shared, that is, the needs are applicable or experienced to some degree or another by male or female. And we gave examples of those things last week, uh, a couple weeks ago. And then roles. We Last week we started talking about roles. Roles in religious marriage are gender-based. They're fixed. Uh, and then in kingdom marriage, the roles are skill and ability-based. So you can just think about those things, hierarchy, law, gender-based, gender-based needs, gender-based rules. If, if you're not seeing, there is a cast iron uh, a model and system that keeps husbands and wives interacting in a fixed 
and rigid capacity. And everything about religious marriage is to keep you in order based on religion, which is man-centered and man-focused. In the kingdom, the things that I listed to you, if you'll notice, they are fluid. They are flexible. Relationship provides, uh, it, it's flexible. It's fluid. Love is fluid. It, it's flexible. Uh, shared needs. You know, it's not about his needs and her needs. It's about our needs. And then skill and ability base. Now we have room. We have the ability to flex our muscles in marriage because we're not confined to what religion tells us our role is. And again, I'm going to give you an example tonight. But religious marriage is fixed and rigid. There's no movement. There's no, you can't, you're just, you're in it. I mean, oh, my gosh. It is just unbelievably restrictive and difficult for husbands and wives to produce the greater that God has called and for their lives. And so in a religious marriage, as long as husbands and wives comply, they can maintain, remember, religion maintains, they can maintain and present a godly, as a godly appearing couple. You all know them. Man, they just look like the, the total package, the epitome of godliness, and, man, they look great. And then you go to some of their homes and you watch the interactions between the husband and wife and you're like, I mean, it's like your eyes become like a bug. I mean, not really, but, you know, that's what you're thinking. It's like, wow, that's not what it appears to be. And so I say appear because no husband or wife can comply with the rules and the laws all the time in every situation to the exact amount needed or required by the system. If so, there would be no need to grow and change because everybody would. So religion allows people to grow. It keeps them confined. And then that's why I say this, and I, I say this, that couples will date and they will lie and love it. And when they get married, they start telling the truth and hate it. Why? Because growth is built into kingdom marriage. And in order to grow, you have to become discontent with something. You have to become agitated. You have to become challenged or provoked in some way to consider something different. Listen, built into every living thing is the capacity, the ability to grow and change, to respond. What does the word responsibility mean? It means the ability to respond. And so what is God constantly doing? He's developing our ability, increasing our strength and our capacity, our ability to respond to what the king is asking for. You know, I think of religious marriage, and I think of that movie, The Stepford Wives. Some of you may be familiar with it. But if you haven't, go check it out. I'm going to move on. But everybody, all the wives were doing the exact same thing, and all the husbands were doing the exact same thing. And it didn't handle the glitch in the system well. Go, go revisit it and think religious marriage. Everything about the kingdom facilitates growth and change. Everything God creates, every living thing, and to grow and change. So religious marriage that is based on, that is, that goal is to maintain, is at odds with the kingdom because God wants husbands and wives to grow. And so relationships become places of exchange. 
we exchange our life for Christ's life. You know, I always say marriage is like a life insurance policy. One person pays, the pre- each of you get to pay a premium, and then when the, the, the premium pays out, the beneficiary, your spouse, gets the premium when you lay your life down. It's the same, it, it, that, that's just how it works. There's an exchange. Love creates a safe space to, be, to do the hard and vulnerable work of exposing our weaknesses and submitting them to each other. And receiving and giving to shared need is affirming, strengthening, and unifying. I don't know how you can constantly talk about differences that are divisive and get unity. And we wonder why there's so little unity between the units in marriage. It's because we focus on the division. So tonight I want to go a little further in roles. God, that was a lot for that time. I'm still going to really try to keep to this time. I hope you guys are, are getting something, taking your notes, writing down your questions. Wow. I want to go a little further about roles. And remember I said religion, in, that, in religious marriage, roles are gender-based. They are assigned by gender, that is to a husband or to a wife. And in kingdom marriage, roles are assumed by skill and ability. In the role in religious marriage, the role of husband is to lead, lead, lead wives to submit to his, to his leadership. Husbands are to provide and wives receive and prepare from what is provided. And husbands are to protect and wives are to present vulnerable or to behave vulnerably. That, that's the relationship. That's the transaction uh, that takes place. Or, you know, it can happen, you know, it can happen by, you know, by choice, you know, and, you know, maybe neither, maybe neither one has the skill, but then that's a conversation, that's a dialogue in the particular marriage. But we said last week that the concepts of leadership, provision, protection, submission, receiving, uh, preparing, vulnerability are neither masculine or feminine terms. Go look them up. Go look them up. It'll say leadership, a person, you know, a leader, a person. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's no, like, gender assignment to leadership. Not, there's no gender assignment to provision. And so both husband and wife that are born again, who have been given the authority to become the sons of God, have leadership built into them because one of our assignments, our kingdom assignment, is to take dominion, and one of the tools to take dominion is to lead. And so these terms aren't feminine or masculine, but in religious marriage we assign them a gender. Um, Let's see. Let me jump through some of this. Oh, and let me this because this relates to the question I asked. It says so. You know, basically, I said last week that the Holy Spirit's job, uh, the 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 primary uh, leadership of a husband or wife, is the Holy Spirit's job. I gave you numerous scriptures that talks about the Holy Spirit's job is to teach and lead every kingdom citizen and develop their knowledge of God. And so the natural question is, do you mean that husbands are not the primary teachers and leaders of their wives? And the Holy Spirit is the primary leader of the wife, however or inclusive the Holy Spirit may choose to use a husband that is available to influence. 
But when a husband is not able, whether legitimately or not, the Holy Spirit is not prevented from leading that wife. So this isn't me. This is Jesus saying these things. Let's go back and, and look at the scriptures if you want to re- hear more about Spotify, the Spotify app, marriage re- with, uh, and put in the search bar, marriage reform with Kim Moore, and it's number 85, and you can hear it. So here's the example. Gosh, we've got about 10 minutes. And I want you to get this example, how the roles play out. And a popular word that we hear all the time, and some of you may be familiar, is role reversal. And in marriage, it's used to explain husbands and wives that uh, take on a role other than the one that religion assigns them. So it typically looks like a husband may be taking on the responsibility, you know, of the kids or the the wife, you know, maybe working outside of the home. Um, But basically, religion religion looks at that as an upside-down marriage. Believe it or not, I tried to find a picture because it was this announcement putting this out there, and I could not find a picture on Google that was not demoralizing or shaming or mocking that role reversal, which tells me the influence of religion. So let me give you this example. It was in Ms. Magazine several years ago, but the reality is so plain that and 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 will resonate with some of you into different degrees that I wanted to use it. Now keep in mind, religious marriage is about maintaining the status quo, maintaining roles, maintaining gender needs, maintaining the hierarchy. And kingdom marriage is about growth. So here's Bruce's story, Bruce and Ronnie's story. And right now I'm quoting Bruce. Our marriage is upside down and backwards. I am a stay-at-home dad. Between the four kids, including our pressure, I've exchanged, I've changed 14,000 diapers. I do the laundry, the cleaning, and most of the cooking. I I worry over every cough and bloody nose. Ronnie, he continues to quote, Ronnie is a corporate attorney. She loves power tools, hardware stores, steakhouses, and playing the stock market. She warns me not to jump up every time someone skins a knee so we don't end up with a house full of crybabies. She organizes, plans, and strategizes. But even though, now listen to this, even though she is generalissimo mama, generalissimo mama, we struggle over who's in control. Now, you might be able to relate to some, a lot, you know, more or a lot of that, or you might know couples in that particular situation. But according to Ronnie, Bruce has more education, earns triple the income that he could earn working away, but it also results in more hours away from home, leaving him largely responsible for the kids, I mean, this, that scenario does not fit religious marriage. It doesn't fit in the box. So what do those couples do? Are they condemned to a life of misery? Or is there something better? See, religious marriage defines the interactions between husbands and wives almost exclusively based on gender. And because the religious model of marriage is rigid and inflexible, when husbands and wives like Bruce and Ronnie don't fit the mold, 
there's no recourse. There's only guilt and shame and struggle. The model of kingdom marriage is relationship. And God designed relationship for the exchange of love, connection, reproduction, and to facilitate growth and change. And, you know, all men and women, male and female, husbands and wives, come to marriage needing to grow up emotionally if only to conform and better align and adhere to Jesus Christ, the King. So consider this. Consider this. There's a generation of men that have been raised as players. They play sports. They play video games. They played women. And they're praised, paid, and promoted for playing. In this same generation, females have been raised to be responsible for themselves, for others, and for things. Marry these two, and the husband wants the wife to play more, and the, hu- and the wife wants the husband to be more responsible. God wants them both to grow up. And so what does growing up look like in that relationship? One second here. Oh, Amy's telling me about the time. Oh, gosh, I got to finish this, y'all. Oh, wow. Mm. Let me get my page back. My page, hold on for me a second. Oh, gosh. Guys, I'm, I'm really, I want to be sensitive to your time. Just bear with me a second. Where did my page go? Oh, here it is. Okay. So let's say, what is growing up? Hey, listen, if you guys have to jump off at 930, I get it. There's no harm, no foul. I just, I just got to finish this. Uh, and so, so what does growing up look like? Um, it, it's different for husbands and wives. Listen, if Bruce were part of the generation that learned to play and was rewarded for doing so, perhaps God wants him to learn how to take responsibility. And what better place to learn, uh, to learn than a relationship with one with a wife that is super responsible? She actually can become his training partner. You know, when you go to the gym and you tell them you want to build a muscle, they do not put light weights on you. They constantly increase the weight so that you will develop the kinds of muscles that you were expecting to see over time. And so my thing is, while religion may subtly and overtly guilt and shame Bruce, could it be that God is pleased? Stay with me because this is out of the box. Now, I know I'm messing with y'all religion, but please understand that God is interested in kingdom citizens, and kingdom citizens display qualities and characteristics that are Uh, That transcend gender, responsibility is one of them. Every kingdom citizen must grow and mature in their ability to be responsible for themselves, for others, and things. So could it be that God is pleased with Bruce's willingness to take personal responsibility for people, places, and things, a.k.a. managing the home for a time? Taking personal responsibility, I mean, it, it, there's no way around. There's no scripture that says, well, you know, res- uh, men are exempt of responsibility and, 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 and women are exempt. Everybody, it's a kingdom requirement. 
And God gives us each one the ability to respond to tasks, to people, to person, places, or things. So if Bruce came to the marriage weak in his ability to manage people, places, and things, he is now in a situation. I'm not saying this is God's ideal, but it's the reality. And so what do you do with the reality? Well, you can put that reality into the kingdom model, and Bruce gets the opportunity to grow and change and become as Christ would have him to be through this experience. So could it be that what looks wrong and out of order to religion is actually God bringing Bruce into greater alignment with himself? Let's assume Bruce's wife is part of the generation of females that learn to be responsible for herself, others, and things. She's been rewarded with more job responsibility and money to go with it. Perhaps God wants Ronnie to learn how to relax, play, and not take things so seriously. And what better place to see and learn what play looks like than in relationship or what easygoing looks like than in relationship with Bruce? The same religion that guilts and shames Bruce also guilts and shames Ronnie into believing the exercise of her authority as responsible into what God's put in her hands somehow undermines Bruce. And that's the way it plays out. And so no wonder I couldn't find a picture that was not demoralizing of a husband learning or growing in maturity and in, in his ability to take responsibility and a wife learning how to play. Remember I said when, 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 uh, uh, you know, when these two get married, the wife wants the husband to be more responsible, and the husband wants the wife to play. Well, if Bruce would give up some of his play, then it would be available for Ronnie to receive and take and take part of. If, if uh, Ronnie gives up some of her being overly responsible and taking charge and just lays that down, it becomes available for Bruce to take up use and grow thereby. You know, the thing I love about Jesus, he doesn't force. He said, here's my life. I lay it down. I would that you would take it. Choose this day. So in marriage, we have an optimal opportunity to choose uh, and take part in such a way that we can grow and mature. Bruce and Ronnie could have a great relationship if religion would get out of it. Each one growing in response to a kingdom need, responsibility, or uh, uh, skills that are related to responsibility, or whether it's play skills. Playing is important. It's a skill. Some of us don't have it. Some of us don't know how to relax. Some of us don't know how to be in the moment and just enjoy the moment without coming out of the moment with a list. So it is a vital. Jesus spent time with the kids. We want to learn how to play, spend time with kids, or have a husband that has learned and, and is mature in that particular area and received your portion. I always say that a husband and wife, you know, that by themselves, um, they're intoxicated with their strengths, and they are each other's sobriety program. 
So if we would take the part of our spouse that belongs to us, then they won't seem so inebriated. Listen, uh, each one's developmental needs have an opportunity to be met in the kingdom without shame and guilt. Bruce can learn how to be responsible and Ronnie can learn how to relax and play. But it's only possible in kingdom marriage because in kingdom marriage, roles revolve around skills and abilities and not gender. So you have more movement, more flexibility, more. I mean, if, 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 if your husband, most of the top chefs in the, in, that I'm aware of are male. I mean, if the husband is a chef and, and it's a great cook or, or whatever have you, why limit him? Why limit the family? Why shouldn't the family get the best of what each has to offer? Listen, Bruce may never become as responsible as Ronnie with things. He may just not be as attentive to detail, and that's okay. It's not a shame and guilt thing. God doesn't want him to be Ronnie. He just wants him to mature and come a little bit, you know, develop in some way. And Ronnie may never play as much as Bruce, but God's not trying to get Ronnie to play as much as Bruce. He just wants her to play a little bit more than she does and to relax a little bit more than she does. The goal isn't to try and get them to be like each other. I have this saying that two people get married and they spend the rest of it to, to become one, and then they spend the rest of the married life trying to decide which one of them they are going to become. God didn't have either of you in mind. He had Christ and our conformity to Christ in mind. The goal then in kingdom marriage is to increase our alignment and adherence with Jesus Christ, the king, and his kingdom. So despite Ronnie and Bruce's relationship appearing to work for them, his last sentence revealed the religious mindset. But even though she is general malissimo, we struggle over power and control. And in part, I blame the influence of religion for shaming and guilting husbands and wives who do not fit their assigned roles and are constantly pushed and shoved and made to feel bad because they don't, uh, they don't fit the religious mold, and therefore they present a glitch to the system. You know, General Melissimo might be a funny pet name, but an endearing one, I don't think I want to be called General Melissimo, no matter how funny or whatever it is. The words that follow, we, we, we struggle who's in control, reveal an emotionally charged relationship whose foundation is built on hierarchy and fixed roles. Um, let's see, going to come down to the end. Let me scroll down here. So in a religious marriage, marriage the roles are gender-based regardless of the strengths, skills, and abilities that husbands and wives bring to the marriage. Um, wives in these marriages, and I, I, this is firsthand experience, wives in these kinds of marriages are um, continuously encouraged to submit and support that the problem in the marriage is there is a lack of submission and there is a lack of support. And the other side of that, men may be encouraged to 
develop and become better leaders in managing their wives and their household. And so many are guilted, many women, and, and, and this, these are, this is client testimony. I'm not making any of this stuff up. Many, many women have been guilted and shamed into dumbing down their skills and abilities to fit in the superimposed model of hierarchy. A hierarchy that ranks husbands and wives and regulates how they are in to interact with each other based on their role and their gender. So how does this approach help Ronnie and Bruce? How does it help Ronnie learn how to play and relax? How does it help Bruce become more responsible? But religious marriage would place these two under judgment. Husbands and wives are continuously, uh, I mean, I just can't imagine. I, I just can't imagine the pressure to be something that you have not grown into. Think about that. It's like somebody asking you for change in your pocket, asking you for, you know, four quarters, and all you have is a nickel or you know, maybe 50 cents in your pocket, and they keep asking, demanding, encouraging, and giving you scriptures and all these things why you, why you must give them a dollar. But you don't have a dollar. All you have is 50, 50 cents, and you're giving that 50 cents. What does Bruce or Ronnie do in that situation? Religious marriage has no answer, only the kingdom has an answer for that. In the religious marriage, Bruce must lead, he must provide, and he must protect his family, even when he hasn't developed those skills and ability. I mean, it's a severe learning curve with fatal, fatal outcomes. It's it, it just, you know, see, in kingdom marriage, you know, husbands and wives understand that they are not the task that they perform. You know, I you know, I I am I am I am performing a task tonight, but I am not the task. I am just performing it. And the roles, the things that need to take place on a daily in the daily living of a of a husband and wife, they're most of them are tasks that are genderless and that couple needs to figure out and have some conversation as to the assignment, the purpose that God has for their marriage, what skills and abilities are present, what weaknesses are present, and how does God, how do we work together with these things to, first of all, grow in relationship with God and perform and fulfill our God-given assignment in the earth. Growth is critical. A husband or wife that is not growing, uh, and even if only one is growing, it severely undermines the marriage. First Corinthians thirteen eleven says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. First Peter 1, 4 through 8. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, Mind you, the promises are not gender-based. So they are applicable to male and female. That's kingdom. So that these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. That's the goal, husband or wife, to experience partnership 
with the divine nature in relationship with each other, by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add the strength of self-control, and to self-control add patience endurance, and to patience endurance add godliness, and to godliness add mercy toward your brothers and sisters, and to mercy toward others add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within you and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or unfruitful in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. So these things, responsibility is already, the ability to respond, responsibility is already in Bruce. The question is, will you exercise your ability to respond to the task and the challenges that are before you? Play, play skills are already in Ronnie. The question is, will you exercise your ability to respond to opportunities presented to you to relax and play? That's the question. First Peter 1 through 4 through 8 talks about growth. Listen, everything that's not growing is dying. Second Peter 3.18 says, but continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory both now and until the day eternity begins. In the kingdom, growth is a requirement. It's not an option. And any system, religious or otherwise, that impedes the growth and maturing of individuals in relationship to God is at odds with Scripture. Let me say that again. Let me say it slowly. In the kingdom of God, Growth is require, is the requirement. It's not an option. All kingdom citizens are required to grow. And when we enter into marriage, then the growth process, God's growth process, starts. It begins. I know it's true because marriage does the same three things to every single per- husband and wife that enter it. It blesses you, it breaks you, and it bestows you upon each other. So any system, religious or otherwise, that impedes the growth and maturing of individuals is at odds with Scripture. The model, structure, and supporting systems of religious marriage are intended for maintenance and not growth. That's why we see so many humdum couples who seem to have no joy, not going after anything, no life. And why? Because they're in maintenance mode. You can spot them all away. They're in maintenance mode. There's no pep in the step. Look, you see these marriages, and some of us are like, wow, Lord, if that's what marriage looks like, really, seriously? Why? Because they're in maintenance mode and not growth mode, and you can tell them everywhere all the time. I know I've been messing with your theology here, but this is, this, 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 this is the difference between religion and kingdom marriage. Religion, again, is man-centered, man and woman-centered, Man and woman focused, and man and woman serving. Kingdom marriage is God-centered, it's Christ-centered, God-focused, and God-serving. And because the kingdom is, is bent on, uh, the, king, the kingdom requires every uh, citizen to grow and learn, then there's nothing that can happen to you that God doesn't have a lesson 
or an instruction to help you grow in his wisdom and knowledge. Religion, you know, it's more concerned with you appearing right than doing right, than actually being right. I I could go on. Wow, we're, we're way over. Let me just go ahead and pray. I will take that question on next week that I share with you at the beginning. And, again, if you have questions, you can email them to me. Uh, at Kim at More on Relationships. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I sense your presence here right now, God. And though my eyes can't see you, my faith senses you, God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Father God, because I don't speak of myself. I speak of you, Father, who have declared your word to be true. Let every man be a liar. I thank you that you've placed your word above your name. I thank you that your kingdom is bent on growth and multiplication, God. I pray tonight for every couple that is in a religious marriage or experiencing role reversal, as we've talked about tonight. Father, I pray that it would no longer be a source of guilt and shame, but an opportunity to grow up and to conform and to come to greater alignment with the King, Jesus Christ. For you said we ought not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we thank you tonight, God, that you've chosen us to be new wineskins, that husbands and wives that are hearing and will hear this message, God. Father God, that you would deliver them from religious marriage, from maintenance mode, God, and, Lord, catapult them, God, into the kingdom awareness and kingdom knowledge, God. I thank you, Father God, that although Christianity is a religion, the kingdom is a government, God. And I declare your government has come to the hearts of husbands and wives tonight. I declare that your kingdom is here, Father. Lord, that you are disseminating your word, God, that your people would be changed, that you are performing miracles in the hearts of husbands and wives tonight, God, as they hear and receive this word, that they are growing in wisdom and stature, Father God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, come. Lord, I thank you that husbands and wives are overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their mouth, the kingdom language, God, and because they love you more than they love themselves, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would take a battering ram to every religious mindset in marriage, God. Crush it in the name of Jesus and set your people free, God, that they can experience more love, more personal power, more couple power, God, that they might go and do exploits in your name, God. Now, Father, we give husbands and wives permission for their marriages to look different because, God, we declare that it will be the self-same spirit working in all, Father God. Now, give us eyes to see the spirit at work, God. For you said hereafter we would know no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit that works within them. Now give husbands and wives, Lord, the desire to do what pleases you in Jesus' name. Make this word a reality, God. Bring it to life in the heart of your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, let me give you the replay number. Um, It's 605 475 4980. The access code is 341000-POUND. Uh, and this is reference number 86-POUND. 
This is our 86 call, 86 pounds. You can also get all of these messages. If you don't want to do the phone number stuff, just download the Spotify app, put in the search bar, Marriage Reform with Kim Moore, and everything we done that well not everything but i'm uploading as we go so this will be uploaded later on tonight and then uh let's see um make sure to have your email address if you want to stay tuned with what we're going doing we're going to the state we'll be in south carolina at the capitol uh, later this month and declaring kingdom marriage and so we want to keep you abreast of what we're doing share this call uh tomorrow oh i forgot tomorrow uh, I'm going to be on Facebook, and I thank you all of those that are praying a Facebook Live. Um, I, that is so out of my comfort zone, but we're going to keep practicing it until it becomes comfortable <laughs> because we believe this is the message that the people of God need in this hour. And so we bless you. We thank you. Amy, I don't know if I forgot anything. Sometimes I just get going. Did I forget anything? Oh, she's telling me. No, you got it all. Tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, I got it all? Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, people of God, I I, want to apologize to you, but I can't because I had to get out what I had in me today. But I do understand and want to be respectful of your time. So, uh, but at least it's a complete message. So if you had to jump off or people had to jump off or whatever or you, you missed some things, you can catch it all back on by doing the replay. Well, I love you. I bless you. I thank you for your support, for your time, for your faith, for your encouragement, the emails, the texts. I really do appreciate it. You make ministry easy, and I am thankful, so thankful for you in Jesus' name. Well, we will see you on the call tomorrow. Don't forget, if you're uh, part of the team and uh, just want some updates about what we're doing, where we're doing and stuff like that, I'm going to stop recording. And if you guys will stay on about 10 or 15 minutes, I will update you. God bless you. We love you. Take care.